0: All right, so we're gonna get started with this date night with Pastor Dwayne and Sue. How many of you in-house are excited to be here? Awesome. How many of you online are excited? You can show it by like a little, you know, GIF or GIF, whatever you wanna call those, um, and make it super exciting there. But we are so excited to have Pastor Dwayne and Sue in the house and to have a date night with them and go over Pastor Dwayne's new book, Better Together. So a couple things for those that are watching. kind of want to set up this evening of what's going to happen in-house and things that you can even do online as well as certain things that will only apply to those that are here in the room with us. So um, for those that are online, what we ask of you is in the comments on this live video, make sure that you are putting anything that um, is coming to mind like, ooh, that's good or you're laughing with us. If you have questions, throw them out there on that um, on your comments. We will have a time of Q&A. We did field questions throughout the week um, from those that are on social media, but we still want you to be able to submit questions and us get to as many of them as we can in this short time together. Um, So tonight's going to look a little crazy. We're going to have some fun and crazy games going on, put Pastor Dwayne and Sue on the spot with some fun games, which is always exciting. I don't know about for you, but it's exciting for me. Um, And then from there, we're going to have Pastor Dwayne really dive into his new book, Better Together, um, which is available for pre-order Um, and will be fully released on April 20th. For those that are in-house, you can actually purchase it tonight in the back of the room, um, in the back of the sanctuary area in the foyer, and Pastor Dwayne will sign your book um, for you. So you have that perk for being here live with us. Um, But for those that are online, we still want you to connect to it. You can buy it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Christian Book, and Pastor Dwayne. So like we like to say, you can buy it on A, B, and C. And then if you look at Pastor Dwayne as the D, A, B, C, D, you got it. So you can purchase it on all four of those ways. Um, So we want you to get connected to it. It is an amazing book packed full of powerful things. And we're going to go into some of that and field some questions, have some fun. And so we're super excited about this. But to kick us off, we sat down with Pastor Dwayne and Sue and played a fun game together. It's called a shoe game. So a lot of times you'll see this at showers that people hold, and that is that you ask a question and whoever um, believes that that answer is more readily like them, they'll hold up their shoe versus the other person. So for instance, if they said, who's the better driver? If Miss Sue thought she was the better driver, she'd hold up her shoe. And if Pastor Dwayne thought he was the better driver, he'd hold up his shoe, right? So we played that game with them, filmed it, and we'd love for you to be able to take part in watching it with us. Um, And we also did for that game, a social media game. And so after the end of showing you the video from that, we're going to tell you the winner of that game, the one that guessed the most right answers on all of that, and we would love for you um, to show us some love in the comments and that sort of thing during that time. For those that are in-house, we know it's going to be amazing. So I want to welcome to the stage our amazing Pastor Dwayne and Miss Sue. Can we welcome one? Awesome. Perfect. So, yeah, you can. So if you'll notice on the screen, randomly throughout the night, you will also see beautiful pictures of their wedding. So some pictures that you may have never now, seen before. wait a minute. For,
1: this, is a, <laughs> this is a live event. We've invited you to be a part, but this is basically a live event uh, on social media. And uh, I'm unaware of a lot of stuff that's going to happen. So I think that's important. Uh, and I didn't even know that was going to happen. So... <laughs> I uh, love surprises. I need, well, no, I do not love surprises. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, all right, go ahead, Gabe.
0: Okay, awesome. So, okay. we are going to play for you that shoe video and we hope you enjoy it. Who paid for
1: the first date? Wait a minute. Uh, I didn't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's we didn't right. have a first date. We,
2: we, we didn't went date until we got married.
1: So, That's right. So we did went I... to life
2: groups. So life group paid for our dates.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna say I did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who is better with directions?
1: Oh.
0: <laughs> Who is better at asking for directions? Who is the better cook? <laughs> Who's the pickier eater? Who is more stubborn? Who stays up later? Who snores louder?
2: How would I know? He says I do.
1: (laughs) Yeah, do do I need to get a recording of her snoring? (laughs) I'm telling you, she snores, I don't care what she says.
2: (laughs) I know, (laughs) and he does too, but I don't know if it's louder or not.
0: Who is clumsier? Who wakes up first?
1: I got one answer right.
0: (laughs) Who is funnier? Who is more forgetful? Who spends the most money?
2: I see. What season are we in?
0: (laughs) Normal season.
2: Normal season.
0: Not your (laughs) season. Who takes the longest to get ready? Who spends more time in front of the mirror?
2: Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know. (laughs) Okay, all right. You're right. Who
0: is the bigger baby when they're sick?
2: Oh. (laughs) Who
0: hogs the covers? Who is more organized? Who is more of a thrill seeker? Who is more outgoing? Who is more likely to cry first during a movie? (laughs) 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 Who is more likely to be late to an appointment? Who is the better driver?
1: Faster or better? <laughs> better. Better. <laughs> better.
2: <sighs> it's not hard. It's not? Yes. Yeah, no, it's you are.
0: <laughs> Who said, I love you first? Oh. Um.
2: I remember. I remember where we were sitting in a parking lot in Orlando, Florida.
0: <laughs> Who was the first to crush on the other?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: She I know. Hmm. Unless she crushed on me and I didn't know it.
2: That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. I. You did. Well, I knew I was going to marry you the first time we sat down in my living room.
1: You did. I did,
2: but I was scared to tell you.
1: Sure was.
2: <laughs> I, know. I guess I need to confess it after 40 years of marriage, huh?
1: <laughs> uh, better late than never, I guess. I know.
0: Um can we give it up for Pastor Coint and Sue? That was an amazing game, right? So we appreciate one, their willingness to sit down with us and play a silly game together. But one thing that I definitely learned in that process is even after 40 years of marriage, you can still learn new things about each other and reveal new things that one another may have forgotten. It could have been told before or simply, um, you know, had never been told. So that was an exciting game. We do want to announce. So on social media, we had this game posted for you to respond with who you thought um, actually did each item. And so the winner of that game, can we get a drum roll in house? Right? The winner of that game is Callie and Blake Martin. Woo-hoo! So, the winner of that game does get a free copy of Pastor Dwayne's Better Together book. So, Callie Martin, if you're watching, we'll make sure that you get this. Um I know you're in-laws are in the house, so they'll be sure you get it for sure. We won't let them sneak it away from us, right? So we do want to give a couple books away for those that are in-house with us tonight. And so to do that, I want to throw it over to Pastor Duane and Miss Sue and allow them to do that for us.
2: So first thing we want to know is, um, do we have anybody in the house that has been married less than a year? Less than a year. Ooh, we have two. Less than six months. Ooh, less than six months. All right. We have a winner. All right. Now, who's been married the longest? Of course, Dwayne and I have been married 40 years. Could we win a book?
1: I can't afford one. I'd like to win one. (laughs) I couldn't afford our first date.
2: So who has been married more than 40 years? Whoa. Oh, okay. More than 45 years. All right, we have a winner back here. 45 years, over 45 years.
0: Awesome. Awesome. We bless you. That's exciting. So we're going to kind of transition, and we want to allow Pastor Dwayne to have some time to really look in um, to his newest book and kind of just explain some of the things that we'll see in that book, um, some of the stuff that he just took so much time to write and put it down for us. And um, it's such an exciting thing to have this book, to have something that's on marriage, um, which is so crucial in our lives. And is such a beautiful reflection of Christ in the church. And my husband has actually read through this book multiple times. And so our running joke in the house is that every time he reads this book, he's a better husband. So it's on like the daily read schedule like not the like weekly monthly yearly but like every day if you'll just read through that book before you like before I wake up in the morning everything will be wonderful. So um I know it's already impacted my marriage and I know it'll do the same for each one of yours and for other people that you know that are getting married or have been married. So I want to pass it to Pastor Dwayne and let him just talk through some of those things that are in his book.
1: Well, one of the things that I needed to do was put something down in print because of the challenges people are facing especially this generation our young people in regards to marriage and i designed this for actually even single people and going through these anchor lines that secure a healthy relationship part of the goal was to help parents prepare their children for the marriage altar this is what we worked on with our children secondly if you're a newlywed, absolutely, it's vital. But no matter how many years you've been married or how long you've been married or how, how successful you may believe you are in your marriage, we can all improve. And I appreciate what Gabriella said earlier, that uh, after 40 years, part of what makes marriage exciting is the new things you continually learn about each other. And so it's designed for anyone and everyone. And then secondly, we have questions, a workbook at the end of each chapter that'll help you integrate what we're teaching, what we're saying, or at least figure out where you are in the subject. And I got this from the Lord years ago. We've used it for years for marriage counseling and uh, again, premarital counseling. And I actually saw a spider and a spider web, two of them together in my barn. And a storm came through that night. And the next day, when I was out at the barn, one of the spider webs was kind of hanging there by a few anchor lines. And the spider, by the end of the day, had rebuilt those anchor lines. The other spider web was gone, never to recover. And so, a lot of people disagreed with me using the illustration of a spider web uh for marriage because some people have this phobia or fear of of spiders i guess but just think of it as uh, charlotte's web and they that you'll cry even when she dies she's (laughs) such a beautiful spider and so if they got those uh clips of the spider web the concept is god is the center of our lives and certainly the center of our marriage if we're going to be happily married And all of those lines that come out, they're anchor lines that hold that web and allows it to endure the storms. And if anyone thinks they're going to get married and not experience storms, then they're unprepared for marriage and they usually don't make it. And so these anchor lines are vital. And there's six of them in the book. There's actually seven that the Lord's given me over the years. The seventh one is parenting raising and rearing our children, that's a part of marriage. And that was just so, if you will, it needed to be a book in and of itself. And I'm working on that even as we speak to put out a book just on parenting alone. But the other six, we've got them on the, on the web here that these anchor lines that secure your marriage. Uh, the first one, um, security and trust is what it's supposed to be. I can't read that at that angle, but security and trust uh, is just an anchor line to our marriage. And we've discovered that's something you're developing and growing in your entire marital life. You don't just start out with security and trust and that's the end of that. No, you're developing security and trust. And security and trust basically deals with shared commitment and understanding. Shared commitment and understanding and if you go into marriage or you're already into marriage and you don't have shared commitment that this is a covenant and that it's for a lifetime and when Sue and I got married we didn't go into marriage thinking we wouldn't have any problems we went into it with the agreement whatever we face with God's help we're going to get through and and that's vital and you work on that your entire marriage the second the second one is communication learning to communicate, and this still amazes me after all these years, not only within marriage, but within every aspect of our life. Communication and your ability to communicate is going to directly affect every relationship you have, and I really believe God gave us marriage to develop communication, that there are just four simple things that if you commit to these four things, then you'll be an effective communicator. And you can resolve anything. It may be difficult. We've had times that we've had to discuss things for, for a few days, trying to work it out, trying to walk it out, trying to communicate what was the problem, what is the solution, and what is the action step then to resolve whatever problem we're having. So communication, and when you develop communication in your marriage, you'll, you'll find out that you'll be a better communicator in every other relationship you have, and it's just huge. And I really believe the Lord has shown me in simplicity those four things that make us an effective communicator. And so that's the second anchor line, and I go into detail on those four different things. And you'll have fun with it. Uh, believe it or not, I, I only have a few minutes here, but it's one of our favorite chapters because I didn't realize the difference between talking to someone and talking at someone. Uh, I didn't realize early in the marriage the difference in talking and arguing, the difference in talking and and venting. Uh, a lot of people think they're talking, but they're not. They're not talking, and they're certainly not communicating. So you learn to talk to each other, and then believe it or not, listening is a lost art in our culture. People simply do not know how to listen, how to how to discipline their heart and their inner ear to hear what someone is saying. And so you learn the art of listening. And then the third one, the other two won't work unless you have feedback. How do you know you're communicating if you don't have feedback? And that was the most difficult when I first got married. I'd never operated in that. And now I can't communicate with anybody without asking for feedback. What did you say? What did you mean? (laughs) And did I hear you clear? Uh, It's amazing in marriage how we think we heard what the spouse was saying and we didn't. And how do you know if they heard it? Feedback's the only way to do that. And then the the fourth one, we have a lot of fun with it to this day is honesty. Learning to be honest and how to be honest and kind at the same time. How to how to get away from lies by deceit. Most of us or the people I know do not lie to one another by deceit, but you lie to one another by default, and the Lord even had to show me early in my ministry how I was lying by default, uh, and I know you never do it, but people would ask me questions, and I was uncomfortable with the, the, the honest, frank answer, and I knew that if I answer that, it's going to offend them, or it's going to create drama, And so I would just lie by default. Like somebody would say, did you pray for me this week? And I would say, sure, I did. I prayed for everybody. I just said, Lord, bless our church. So I prayed for you. Okay, that's that's not telling the truth, amen. But rather than look them in the eye and say, no, I did not pray for you this week. I did not even think of you this week. (laughs) It was just easier to lie by default. And I discovered people lie by default all the time. Does this dress make me look fat? How do you answer that? I've got the answer to that. Uh, Does this dress make me look fat? The answer is, do I look stupid? (laughs) (laughs) But you'd be shocked at how people lie by default. And even in marriage, it's not like we lie to deceive, hurt, or harm, but we actually lie by default thinking we don't want to hurt somebody or Or uh, we don't want to create the drama. Uh, Again, does this dress look okay and we've got five minutes or we're going to be late? How do you answer that? Because if you (laughs) cautiously, perfectly, if, if I go, well, no, I think another dress would look better. That's 15 minutes.
2: Well, and I also think there's another side of honesty that I even had to learn. The difference between really telling the truth or just spouting emotion well, I'm just being honest, when really you're just spouting, spewing anger, you're venting, you're, you know, you're wanting to hurt the other person by your words, even, with, with the guise of, I'm just being honest, um, and not really doing it in love, but knowing how to be honest with your feelings, even, look, I'm just feeling this way, and I don't know how to deal with it, or cope with it, or anything like that, so there is a lot in the communication, and and honesty part, and it, that is the one that I think we've worked on the most.
1: And enjoyed not only communicating, but understanding each other, and developing, it's, and growing, and and working through when I don't understand something. We right. could tell story after story that we didn't even put in the book of just, do you understand? Nope, I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> I remember one of my daughters uh, trying to teach them communication and these communication skills. And after four, four hours, she asked me, do I understand? Nope. I do not get it. I don't know how you can have 30 best friends. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I got, if it's a best, never mind. I don't want to argue with you like, like we did. But uh, the third one, we need to hurry here. Uh, and I just cannot read that. Forgiveness. Um, wow. Uh, Sue and I knew that we would need to repent and forgive in order to have an everlasting marriage. And so at our wedding, we took communion and we used communion as even a touch point for marriage, that even as we are forgiven daily by the Lord and and seek forgiveness in many cases, and situations on a regular basis in our trespasses. There's, I define in here the difference between a sin, a trespass, and an iniquity. And all three of those can be involved in our marriages, but the one that we do the most is trespass. And a trespass is an unknown offense. It's, it's I've hurt or I've harmed and I didn't know it. And those are so deadly in marriage. And so we have to learn to forgive each other our trespasses, even as God has forgiven us our trespasses. And one thing I've discovered, and for our our social media audience, it is amazing how people do not understand forgiveness. And there's some questions we'll get to that will even help us teach on that. But it's a very powerful chapter on on forgiveness. And then the next anchor line, uh, finances, finances. wow, Uh, not only a book, Ten times this big needs to be written, and then it turns into volumes uh, when it comes to money. But there's a lot of stress in marriages over money, mm-hmm. and there's just some basics if we stick with that's an anchor line that you can work through the stress of finances together. But that's a huge part, a huge part of our marriage. The next anchor line Rolls. is roles and responsibilities. Who's responsible for what in the marriage relationship? Uh, I was so excited. I searched the whole Bible and I could not find anywhere in the Bible where you're commanded as the man to take out the trash. <laughs> I thought that was a scripture for years, hallelujah, and Sue was <laughs> quoting it all the time <laughs> to take out the trash. We all have different roles and responsibilities, and if you don't know what those are biblically, you can get into a lot of tradition, mm-hmm. a lot of abuses, mm-hmm. and things of that nature. So I defined the biblical role of a husband and the biblical role of a wife. In, in that anchor line and in that chapter. And then the next one sex. is Sex and Romance. And uh, what's the next one? <laughs> <laughs>
2: what comes next? Parenting. Kids.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that's because that's you had so much <laughs> sex, sex and, and romance, romance. <laughs> that now you gotta raise all these kids. So <laughs> I delve into that uh, in an interesting way and I think you'll be blessed by that. And so with that, I, I know that took more than five minutes
0: It's cool. It's cool. I knew you were going to take more than five minutes. Um, That was incredible. And it's so cool just to see as we dig into the book, as we hear Pastor Dwayne's heart and things. um, I know just even hearing the synopsis of it, there's no way that you didn't already start saying like, oh, man, I need to work on that or like the Holy Spirit convicting you. Um, and when Miss Sue added in the whole like being honest, but not like trying to hurt someone, and Pastor Dwayne talked about honesty and kindness, I feel like that's been my like life lesson my entire life mm-hmm. speaking the truth in love, not just speaking the truth. So if anyone's like me out there or in the audience, we can definitely all benefit from the communication chapter. So um, yes. I'm excited just to see how God takes this book and expands um, each of our marriages and allows this generation and those that are in the world to really come in contact with his heart for marriage. And I think that's what it's really about there.
1: Let me say something else to our, our social media audience again. Uh, I also designed this so that you can be an effective witness. We have yes. it smaller so that you can carry it with you. This will equip you to minister everywhere you go because people are hurting in their marriages in this culture. And again, we have a generation that doesn't even know what a marriage is, much less how to have a successful, happy marriage. And so this will be a witnessing tool that you'll be able to use. I promise you, you could probably use this book every day of your life as, as you go into the, to the marketplace, as you go into your churches, as you visit with family there's going to be a chapter that I guarantee as you read it, not only is it going to minister to you, you're going to know of somebody you need to, to use this and and help. And so it really is going to be an effective tool as Absolutely. well as a blessing to you personally.
0: Yes. Um, so I want to kind of dive into um, some of the questions that we had for Pastor Dwayne, and then we will open it up to those that are in-house to ask any lingering questions as well. Um, as well as my husband back there is looking at social media. So any of you that are joining us on social media, if you have questions, you can put them in the comments, and he'll make sure that we hear them. Um, But we're going to go over some of those that we first had come in and let Pastor Dwayne and Sue field these questions. So the first one, what inspired you to write better together?
1: I think we've pretty well answered that. Uh, I believe parents need something in their hand to help better equip their children on the covenant of marriage, what a marriage is, and that these are basic fundamental anchor lines. This came out of now almost 40 years of counseling where I've sat down with thousands of people, thousands literally of couples, and these are common problems that everybody has. Why not sure these up early, especially in young people's lives, and go into marriage better prepared. So that was one of the main reasons.
2: Right. And I think also having something in hand. Wow. You know, he's got tons of teaching, tons of of messages on the marriage relationship about anything you could, but to have something in hand that you could mark up, that you could be able to use um, to visit with people, to work with people, you um, You know, we've always got people coming up to us, asking us questions. And now in today's time, I think strengthening our marriages is one of the most important things that needs to be done in our society.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. Um, Definitely need that in our world for sure. Um, And I know just that ability to hand someone something even and that tangible when someone's struggling to say like, not only do I know a great series that you could listen to, but it's gonna take you forever to get through because there's like so many different (laughs) ones you could do. And this book has everything just jam packed full, ready to go for you. So um, that's an incredible resource. And the workbook questions, all of those things to strengthen marriages, not only ours, but others, and actually be a witness to other people. So that's incredible. Um, We had someone write, I've been married for 50 years. Will your book still help me? Oh, absolutely.
2: Interesting enough, just a couple of weeks ago, we were in our uh, Woodland Park uh, campus and I had a lady come up to me so excited, an older, an older uh, lady. I've just pre-ordered my book. I can't wait to get it. I've been married for 50 years, but it's only been this past five years that I feel like I've gotten an understanding of marriage. And I know there's so much more I need to learn and to grow in. And so I even know us after 40 years of marriage we'll go back over this book and every time we did there's things that we learn that we grow from that we do so absolutely, you know, fifty minutes or fifty years, it's it's gonna be a help.
1: Yeah, the minute the minute any of us think we arrive, that's the minute we disintegrate.
2: Yep. Absolutely. So it
1: doesn't matter how long you've been married, if you don't have a humble heart and a hunger to still grow and and to be a better spouse, be a better father, be be a better grandfather etc cetera, etc cetera, then then you'll start going backwards
0: absolutely so next question as a newly married couple what if one spouse wants children but the other spouse has determined in today's climate they don't want to bring children into this world
1: well i'm not trying to be mean to anyone but there are literally thousands of young people that have that attitude and the scriptures are clear The earth, as bad as it it is today, is not as bad as it was in the days of Noah. There were only eight righteous people on the whole planet, and I'm so glad Noah didn't have that mindset not to bring kids into this evil world because God has called us to bring forth a godly seed, Malachi said. So you need to have children and raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord so they can be a part of the answer in our world filled with problems.
0: That's good. So next one, what if you love your mate, but you're discovering that you do not agree on major financial decisions?
2: Pray. <laughs> Communicate.
1: Second chapter in the book, communication. Uh, that is a part of marriage is us not agreeing. We are two different individuals with two different perspectives, opinions, thoughts, backgrounds, and the whole The whole message of the Bible of marriage is no longer two, but one. That's a process. So communicating those financial differences and finding a consensus is part of being happily married. And so I would encourage you to read the second chapter on communication and learn to communicate those differences better.
0: Absolutely. Awesome. In marriage, how does an introvert get their needs met when they don't feel comfortable talking about them or asking for them to be met?
2: I think the most important thing is, is prayer in that instance. Um, if we really think about it, God knows us better than we even know ourselves. God knows our needs better than we even know what we need because he knows our future better than we know our past. And so that's the same with your spouse. And I know that's one of the things. I know that was a, I don't want to say a major turning point. It wasn't like we were at a, crossroads and couldn't get anywhere, but I was frustrated in not knowing if I was being the wife I needed to be. And I and the enemy used that to the hilt in condemning me that, you know, he needs somebody better than you. He needs somebody more understanding. He needs somebody. And and I just went to the word and, and God just showed me that if I would pray and allow him to show me how I needed to be a better wife for him, it was amazing. The things that God would show me and allow me to even start doing and pursuing, and it started working. It was amazing. It was it was phenomenal, and so.
1: So I kept asking the Lord to draw her into deeper prayer. <laughs> <Hallelujah. laughs> <laughs> well, I works.
0: Awesome. um so I just lost my spot for a second there, but. Um, How do you two go about making important decisions as a couple?
1: That's a great question. It is a great question. Well, we definitely uh, seek the Lord together on it, uh, reconcile our differences in appreciating our differences versus allowing our differences to create conflict our differences helps open up another side to each other. So even in the process of seeking the Lord on that decision and her seeing it different than I'm seeing it opens me up as we communicate, I wouldn't have seen it the way she's seeing it because I'm not her, vice versa. And so we we have really prospered big time and made some tremendous faith decisions that have prospered us because we prayed and We reconciled our differences in communicating and came up with a consensus. Here's, here's where we land, where we can agree.
2: And I think the important thing too, there is that if we felt like we couldn't come to a consensus, if we weren't getting a piece in a direction, there was no harm in waiting. We would agree. We've got to wait on this. We don't need to make a decision right now. We can wait and, and seek the Lord. And again, talk over more things
1: and that opened the door for me to get to pray lord show sue i'm right and
2: <laughs> it did. it's
1: amazing the power of prayer work. <laughs> it worked most of the time
2: yep it did i submitted <laughs> <laughs>
1: awesome um so let, how let does, me just say something oh, about that in joking many times marriages collapse or the relationship begins to be estranged or stressed because we look at things through right or wrong. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: and 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 we get caught in a trap doing that. instead of looking at things, what does God want or what is God saying for now at this time? Not you're right, I'm wrong or I'm right, you're wrong. God is always right. What is he saying to us mutually? And that makes that right at that moment in time. And man, you just you get blessed when you just come into agreement. Amen.
0: Absolutely. So next question, how am I still better together if my spouse is not walking with the Lord?
1: Well, that, that is so difficult in one way, super simple in another way. You're better together because you're a Christian, obviously. So you've learned to deny self and live for another. And your spouse is obviously better together with you because you're a godly person, you're a loving person, you're a kind person, and you're going to minister to your spouse. And that's your mission field, and you're going to bring them to the Lord through your goodness and kindness. So you're definitely better together.
0: Amen. Amen. So how do you continue to foster intimacy within marriage?
2: I think people get a wrong idea of what really true intimacy is. Um, yes, it involves the physical relationship, but there's so much more to that. And I think we forget that. And two becoming one, we're a triune being like God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We're mind, soul, and spirit ourselves. And I think that when we can uh, understand the importance of all three of those, In developing intimacy, whether it be intimacy in conversation, whether it be intimacy in um, uh, praying or reading the word, there's just so much involved in that. And I think that you can grow in that as time. You know, we all understand there's different seasons. You know, you're newly married, you're trying to figure each other out and you're trying to figure out what this whole covenant thing and becoming one is and then you bring you introduce children into the into the mix and um, you know just about the time you think you get it all figured out with your first one, you have your second one and they're totally different and you know you, you go on so and then there's that time when they grow and mature and they're out of the house and then What have you done to develop? It's been—it's so important that you learn to develop that intimacy all through those times and seasons of your life, so that when you are in that latter season, it actually is such a um, precious, precious time, and you've learned to appreciate even more each other.
1: That's beautiful. I'm good with that. I've actually, when I did the the sex and romance chapter, uh, I dealt with with romance, and I even think we have a misunderstanding of romance. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I outlined, I actually had to ask the Lord, what makes something romantic? I didn't have a good model. Uh, and, and so I outlined in the book romance and the five elements that make up romance. And those things involve everyday life an atmosphere of a of a of a marriage and we we think of the sex side as as more than god ordained it to be it's like the event after though of the atmosphere of romance mm-hmm. and cool. and there's just a lot involved in that and i actually shared i thought a lot about that
0: That's awesome. I think that's beneficial to all marriages constantly. Um, It's just that sex and romance, especially in today's climate and culture where sex is seen as something that is more glorified outside of God instead of it really being redeemed for what God created it to be. It was here before sin, so it's really good. Um, And so just enjoying what God has there and then that process of romance and being intimate with one another. actually
1: address that issue too of how people think, There's a religious extreme Mm -hmm. that to be close with God, you can't have sex, and and that literally was taught within some Christian circles for for years, hundreds of years, that to be close to God, you have to eliminate sex, that there was something impure about sex even in marriage and to be holy, and they began to forbid people to be married, which, which is a doctrine, the Bible says, of the devil. And so you got the religious extreme, the church side, then you have the world side that to have good sex, you can't have God. (laughs) To have good God, you can't have sex. To have good sex, you can't have God. And it's just simply not true that the closer you really get to God and intimacy with God, it has a byproduct of being more intimate with one another. Uh, So being filled with the Holy Spirit actually involves and can change your sex life, and that'll get a lot of guys to the altar to get filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I was just thinking, I know our yep. new altar call right there. Yes. Every time you want
0: to be baptized in the see, Holy Spirit, people your sex really life. don't
1: understand that intimacy with God affects your soul yeah. and it affects your physical relationship, and it's for the good, not for the harm. So, Absolutely. I deal with some of that.
0: That's good. Last one I want to take from here, and then we're going to open it up. Um, and that is if you could describe a good marriage in one word, what word would it be?
1: Partnership. Everything is a partnership. Absolutely. And once you see partnership, which comes out of covenant, then you learn to live life together, and two are better than one. We're definitely better together. Partnership.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So in the room, if you have a question, if you would just raise your hand and we're going to have Rick Smith kind of come over, just yell it louder. But if I don't hear you well, um, I'll make sure he tells me what it was and I'm going to repeat it for those that are joining us online um, and we will go ahead and answer some of the questions in-house. So if you have a question in-house, just raise your hand or you can stand up where you're at, whatever, to get our attention. Anyone in the room? All right, right here. Yes, sir.
1: Else. What's going to make me trust my wife as much as I would trust you with
0: what you think? Well, okay, a, so that difficult. question for those that are joining us online is that this man trusts Pastor Dwayne. He's heard him for years, tr- would trust him with his life and is wondering how does he build that kind of trust with his spouse now to trust her in that same way?
1: That is an awesome question. <laughs> it
0: is, <laughs> really, really good.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I think your trust for me is because of the word of God in my life. It's not my personal life. It's not anything I've done for you personally. That bond you have with me is a spiritual bond. It's because of the word of the Lord that has come through me as a vessel and that's impacted your life. And you have to, you have to build that kind of relationship with your, with your wife now as well, that God is living in her. God is speaking through her. God has given her to you as a helpmate. And as you develop spiritually with her, the same bond you and I have, I mean, that's a pretty powerful statement you just said. That's a bond. Where'd that come from? It's a spiritual thing. You and your your wife committing to God and seeking and trusting and believing God with all your heart will actually bond you together, even as you and I have that bond. So trust is built when we see God in one another.
0: Absolutely. it's good. So good. All right. Any other questions here in the house? I do have some online that were just sent to me. Yeah, right here. And you can just say it loud.
1: Yeah. I, I, well, let her repeat. So oh, that was, I'm just making bad. sure
0: those online can hear it. So the, the question was um, speaking to blended families in a marriage and the roles and how all of that works together.
1: There definitely is a lot of nuance with blended families. But the way to work every bit of it out is to not treat each other as a second class family or each other as second grade, second uh, tier, if you will, in relationships versus first-generation marriage. And so once you begin to treat one another instead of, these are my stepkids, for instance, um, I'm not sure we've processed that quite right. And I'm not saying they're not technically stepkids, but you can't treat them like stepkids, like they're not your kids now. And and while you can't replace their dad or mom a mom, you definitely have to love them as you would your own and things of that nature. So those are the kind of nuances that, depending on the situation, would take some good counseling with somebody that can still give you a God focus on how to relate to each other within the love of God. Technically, we're all stepkids in the kingdom of God, but He doesn't treat us like stepkids. He treats us as firstborn, so.
2: I also think that communication, again, is extremely important learning to communicate uh, your thoughts, each other's thoughts, and being able to honor one another in in how they feel, and help, help them grow in some of those things. Because those are hard situations, and sometimes you get emotions involved, and so being able to communicate and being honest with one another in those things, to work some of those things out, because every blended family is gonna have its own, like he said, nuances. There is an overall nuance in that kind of, but each family is going to have its, dip, you know, was there trauma involved? Was there, you know, uh, abuse evo- involved at all? All of those things are different nuances that have to be worked out and worked within. And I think, again, communication is vital.
1: And the Word of God is the same yes. for everybody in every situation. The principles of the kingdom still work. So sticking with kingdom principles in how you relate, how you deal with things, it's all it's all the same. We tend to just put everything in categories, and that's an exception. That's an exception. Well, I understand those nuances, but the Word of God is not an exception on how to treat one another, how to how to the principles of the kingdom, and so. I just encourage you that if there's something specific, get some good counsel.
0: Any other questions in the room before I filled some of these that are online? Yes, right there. Okay, so that question, looking at um, when there's an issue that you've dealt with in the past, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, rewording it, um, but if there's an issue you've dealt with in the past and you have emotions and a tie to that, um, now when something happens that brings up that same emotion and brings you back to the thought of things that have happened in the past, not pulling what's happened before into the now moment and using those past examples of things that you've already worked through together.
1: Super difficult to answer that with brevity, because of the nuances involved. But the bottom line is, if Sue has a problem, there is a space she needs of her past for her to be able to bring it up, for her to be able to share it. And until we come to a place where, look, we need to put that in the past, I need to be sensitive to that still and listen and we communicate well. Where it's a problem is when I bring it up and pound her with it, or or keep bringing it to the forefront. That That's unacceptable. We need to learn how to put the past in the past. But if the person that's hurting is struggling putting it in the past, they need the space to still feel that, work through that, and I need the mercy and the kindness to help them work through it. With that said, there's a point where, and I don't want to get into specifics, but I've had to tell Sue or Uh, my children or in counseling, look, you're you're pulling the scab off of a wound by keep going back, thinking about it, talking about it and reliving it. We have to learn to put it behind us. Again, people need space to do that, but not a lifetime. So that's what makes that hard to answer. There just needs to be good communication again. Yes, Chapter yes. two, read it over and you over <laughs> and over. It's just amazing.
2: It really is. Because all I, I need is the feedback. Sometimes there's a, an aspect of humbling yourself. If you're still dealing with something, being able to humble yourself and be honest with, look, that make, that reminds me of this. And, it's in it, and I feel like that's drawing that up. And I don't want that drawn up. Help me in... Just even asking to help me, pray over me. I, you know, is this the enemy? Just Because sometimes we have really forgiven and dealt, but the enemy likes to bring those things back up yeah. and say, well, you haven't really forgiven, or you haven't really dealt with that, or you haven't. And sometimes you just have to say, no, I have. You're a liar, and I have. That's been dealt with put under the blood of Jesus, and, and I'm good, and I'm standing strong. Now, sometimes that takes help from your mate, and even doing that. And so it's honoring one another in those things
0: and, and being honest. So chapter two, communication. <laughs> awesome. Um, I'm going to go to some of the ones that we have online. I think online. we had a hand right one here. More right I got to hear his okay. question.
1: Okay. Um, it really comes off the first question. I knew it would be. It's just something that, that I did apply, and I just want to make sure I'm on track. Um, You've ministered to me the same way. I remember Tim McIntyre my first life group said I went to him and I said I want everything that that man has and that doesn't mean anything in the physical I, I wanted your your love for God I wanted your love for your for your wife your family your, everything that you demonstrated you ministered to me so deeply and so personally and he said if you want what he has do what he does and and that's something that we've that that I've done personally Took leadership to another level uh, in relationship, and then you demonstrated that with with Sue, and so we try to do. I try to do the same thing by sewing that, and I just want to get your feedback on that. On if I'm on track with that. Uh, not not only are you on track, uh, it that humbles me. You're a little little outspoken about it, and I appreciate it. But it, it makes me a little nervous, in a humble way. On the other hand, all of us are supposed to be doing that. That's what is a little bit frustrating for me with our culture right now. We are not modeling a good marriage. We're not modeling fatherhood. We're not modeling uh, kindness, uh, patience, all those kind of things. So uh, not only again are you on track, everyone here and everyone watching, we've all failed, we've all fallen. You saying what you just said, the precious man earlier saying what he said, uh, out of context, people don't understand. They're not saying I'm perfect. Uh, The best part of this book, this is good. Thank you, brother. The best part of this book is the forward. And we did something that I don't think has ever been done on a book on marriage. My youngest daughter, Sue, was talking to her and said, we really need somebody to give a forward like, you know, a James Dobson. We need somebody that's really connected to family home to read this and and, and give us a forward. And my youngest daughter said, well, I'll give a forward. And the Lord spoke to both of us that what better forward could there be on the planet than your children giving you a forward. And three of my children gave the forward to this book and it's the best part of the book that's what everyone should be striving for is that your children one day would want to do the forward of your book on marriage. Mm -hmm. Amen.
0: Amen. That's good. Okay. So looking here, um, we had one question come in. How does a couple best deal with trauma from one spouse's past?
1: I think we kind of answered that with this precious lady's question over here that there just needs to be a, a, a space. We need to give each other space and in that communicating, minister that healing. You know, Sue had to walk me through a few things, and I could hear in her answering your question some of our discussions. We, we did, we've never had a fight, but we've had some long discussions. Yes, we have. Uh, and, and, and so that, that space is so important of, of, yeah. of trying to understand. Mm-hmm. Being honest if you don't, but I want to. Yeah. And letting them get it out and then minister healing to them. Yes. Sue ministered to me healing of some of my past. Yeah. Uh, just in, And it was so hard on me to even bring certain things up that, man, I'm struggling with this right here.
2: And I think applying 1 Corinthians 13, that chapter on love yeah. and what love truly is, when you meditate on those scriptures of this is really what love is, and being able to ask God I need to operate in that kind of yeah. love that it says love covers a multitude of sin but it also it it, it allows the comforter to bring comfort in yeah. in a traumatic situation and things that happen and you know
0: absolutely
1: the sad thing is Gabriella in regards to that question I I really think God intended marriage to be a safe space where we can be totally honest, where we can minister one to another, where we can yes. allow healing to come come through us and to us from mm-hmm. each other. And out of our marriage, then we're able to minister so effectively to other people. Yeah. Uh, where else can you go really and 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 share thoughts that you know are the craziest on the planet, but you can't get them figured out yeah I'm glad I have someone I can go to with intimate thoughts intimate struggles intimate confusion uh, and there not be anger at me or or resentment or yes. attack me but now hear me out and now help me
0: yeah so absolutely. Um, another question, this is geared specifically towards Sue, but Pastor Dwayne, if you have anything, jump no, in there. No, if it's for
1: Sue, You can have it. <laughs>
0: um, so can Sue talk more about how to overcome our emotions instead of blurting out of anger?
2: Um, I think, again, that's that's prayer. Um, you know what happens a lot of times is that when something happens or something occurs, and we've been through our share of trauma the last you know, almost three years, um, our minds tend to just go every which way. And there is um, a a lot of us, if we think about it, we have go-tos. My go-to is praying in the spirit. When I know that my mind is kind of running wild and it's, it's thoughts are coming that aren't godly thoughts and I need to get it in line, that I just start praying in the spirit. For some people, it's worship. They can put on a worship song and God just speak to them and get them, you know, in line. And others, it's the word. Scriptures will just start coming up to them. Now, I go to all of those. But my one go-to immediately, when I know I have to bring my mind under subjection to the Lord, that I have to get my emotions in check, is praying in the Spirit. I'm not saying that's the right thing for everybody, but I'm saying, everybody, if you think about it, you have go-tos. And if you can think about what your go-to might be, then you know, all right, my mind, my, my emotions are getting out of whack here. I need my go-to. I need to either put on a, a worship tape or I need to put on a teaching cassette or I need to just start getting by myself and praying in the spirit. Um, I think those are, I know that's what's helped me the most.
0: Absolutely, that's awesome. Um, So next one here is watching porn a sin and is it cheating?
1: Watching porn. Watching porn. Yeah, that that I think that would be a sin. Uh, You you need to you need to reevaluate that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mainly because again you're you're self centered. You're being totally self centered, and what that does, the reason it's so deadly, is it'll consume you. It consumes you because it's self centered. Uh, and so get help uh, if your spouse can't help you, which, again, that, that needs to be your first go-to yeah. if you're struggling. But maybe you, you don't have that relationship with your spouse. That would be one thing I would recommend you get help. Get help from somebody somewhere just because it's so destructive. That's another reason there's no doubt it's sin is the fruit of it. The, the way you know what is a sin and an evil tree, Jesus said, is by its fruit. And there is no healthy fruit that comes out of any form of pornography. And that's not just a male issue in our culture anymore. No. One of the things that's just burdened to my heart is how many of our young people and females specifically too are being drawn into that kind of world. And it's just damaging because it's self-absorbed and, and, and definitely get help.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So we'll take one more question from online, and we appreciate all the ones that were sent in previously, those that are in-house sharing questions, and then those right now. Um, I wish we had time to get to all of them, but we would be here forever. So um, we're going to hit one more together, and that is, do you have a Bible study that you do together? Do you read Scripture together? What does it look like? Who initiates it? So that personal time with the Lord, what does that look like for (laughs) y'all together as a couple?
1: We keep weaving in and out of different things, but we're (laughs) together every morning and and seeking the Lord, pray together. We'll do some type of Bible studies together. Uh, We'll we'll just, uh, what's on your heart, scripture and point, let's look up things together. Mm -hmm. Um, So again, I think it's important that we all find our comfort zone in those things. Rather than me just say here's one thing you need to do and do it like this and this this many minutes, you know you just need to find that place of flow and 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 growth together, and so I would encourage that. And that's one thing I want to do too. This was intended to be an online uh, meeting, and we opened it up uh, to the public. But I'm really seeking God on I would like you to pray, those of you that are online and our partners, thank you for our partners that are a part of this ministry to help us start to do even more things like this. But I would love to like do a life group like this, where I come on live for a half hour and I just take a chapter and we're going to to go over that chapter in detail and then have fellowship around that. Keep dealing with one issue at a time instead of a shotgun shot. But pray about that. And if you'd be interested in something like that, please let us know. Uh, We want to connect with you. And again, you are friends of this ministry and partners that are making a lot of things possible for Sue and I, even in this season of trying to reach out to more people in different mediums and different ways. So think about that. Let us know how you'd feel about maybe having a life group together around, around the book.
0: Awesome. Um, so before we head into a fun game together, um, is there anything that either one of you have on your heart that you want to share with those that are joining us, with everyone that's in the room, regarding the book, regarding marriage, any lingering thoughts before we continue to move on?
1: Well, I think I just had a dyslexic moment. I just did that before you asked <laughs> me. So.
0: I'm just making sure that was all you had. Nothing yeah. else was yeah. in there. Yeah, that was
1: kind of what I wanted to say, but done. Sue might have something.
2: Oh, I just want to say that it really is our heart to see Marriages strengthen because we know how important that is. We know that the enemy has been just running rampant with trying to destroy the family unit and destroy marriages when we know that is the strength of our society, that that's the whole reason marriage is to, to even exemplify Christ in the church. And so um, it really is our heart to, and why we are seeking the Lord on, what can we do to be a, a, a vital part, even more than what we have done in,
0: in helping that. Amen. So I think it's an incredible thing, even recognizing that Um, One, they've poured in their hearts, and you know that even though Pastor Dwayne wrote the book, Sue was right there alongside him. There's no way you can do a Better Together book without being better together (laughs) on it. So um, knowing that their hearts and years of marriage, successful marriage together, has been poured into it, and knowledge from the Holy Spirit and what He's guided and directed them in, but also recognizing these book sales don't just go— to like pad their pockets or something. This is going to further the kingdom of God. And so everything that sells bookwise means more people get the free messages that pastor Dwayne ministers. They get free yep. CDs. They get free ways of knowing who God is and who he's called them to be. And so us partnering even in this, we not only get filled, but we get to minister to other people in that process. And so recognizing not only can I buy multiple copies of it and give it away at wedding showers or anniversary parties, like what a great gift to give out, right? Um, To strangers, but also every book that I'm purchasing is furthering the gospel further than I could ever take it. He has access to people and his influence is so much further than we could go. And yet us even purchasing a book is taking the word out further. Um, not only transforming our lives in that process, but transforming the lives of others. And so we want to be a part of what God's doing in that for sure. So I appreciate y'all sitting down with us and going through all those questions. So we're going to do a quick, I won't make it super long, um, but we're going to do a quick game with Pastor Dwayne and Sue. So I'm going to explain it to you. They actually do not know what's going to happen on this thing. So their reactions are genuine reactions. (laughs) Um, And... Yeah, so it's going to be fun. So I have erasers, marker boards, and markers for you. I'm going to hand you. So here's your marker board. There you are. Oh, I just dropped your eraser on your lap. It's clean, so it's all good. No worries. I didn't get, like, dirty one or something. You want to the stay on the, yep, white? the white side? Okay. Um, it's the marker board side. The other side is the chalkboard side. Here's your okay. marker. So what we're going to do, I'm going to ask a few random questions. Um, and what they're going to do is write down their personal answer to this question, and we're going to see if those answers line up. So, for instance, if I asked, cool. which I already told them I'm not asking this, but if I asked, what are the birth dates of all of your grandkids? They would write down the answers, and we... <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Dwayne would throw the marker board. <laughs> uh, they would write down the answers, and we would see if they match up together. So we're going to do a few of those questions. A few of those questions together. Here we go. Where was your first kiss? Man, Miss Sue is right, and Pastor. I remember my last
1: kiss.
0: (laughs) Shh. Uh. So we have to put all the answers on the same. Even if it's just one word that helps us know that you actually stuck with your answer. Yes. Okay. You're good, because I know someone can be a little bit long. All right. Ready? In five, four, three, two, one. Miss Sue, what was your answer? Outside my apartment. Outside her apartment. Pastor Dwayne, what'd you get? Orlando. (laughs) Close enough. Orlando, Florida. (laughs) I think that counts. Like, it's... (laughs) That's
1: hey. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, we'll, we'll
0: give it to you, sure. <laughs> My apartment was in Orlando, Florida. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, this is a good one. This actually could be a little bit hard because your dating situation was in life groups and then you were married before your first date. So, you know, this could be interesting. What did you eat on your first date? <laughs> If one of you writes food.
2: (laughs) We were in Florida.
0: I think I stole Pastor Dwayne's answer. (laughs) All right. Ready? Turn them. Let's see. Pastor Dwayne, what'd you get?
1: Well, I knew you wouldn't like it. So my first answer was food. (laughs) So my second answer (laughs) is good food
0: there we go seafood 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 that makes sense.
1: good food seafood
0: okay here we go we just saw a beautiful picture of y'all standing in front of your wedding cake earlier what flavor was that wedding cake i love that sue just gets to rotten. (laughs) all right ready turn them let's see vanilla white White <laughs> Hey, I
1: That's vanilla.
0: <laughs> that's I totally get that. I would I'm gonna give that one to you. You got it. So this is actually one you don't have to match up on. So Sue, you're gonna think for Pastor Dwayne, Pastor Dwayne, you're gonna think about Sue. Okay. you're gonna think, what would if your spouse was a superhero, what superpower would they have? Oh, All right. Y'all ready? Okay, Miss Sue, let's go first. What would Pastor Dwayne's superpower be? X-ray vision. X-ray vision. And why would that be? Because he sees through
1: the... <laughs> X-ray vision. Oh,
0: no. <laughs> Man, the one they don't have to match up on, they match it up on. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. Go ahead
1: and ask her. I was waiting on Yeah, that- so that-
0: why, why would his be X-ray vision? <laughs> Because he, he sees, he does
2: see things. He sees things in spirit. He, he he hears he knows. So he can and he can see beyond. So he can see beyond the natural,
0: see beyond the, so. the issue. Yeah. All right, Pastor Wayne, why would hers be the X-ray vision?
1: Everything I've ever done wrong, she knew it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love she can it. see
1: it. I came in one evening and she looked at me with that look, and I went, "I don't know what I did wrong, but I'm so sorry."
0: Okay, who is more likely to deal with a spider? Hmm. All right, three, two, one. Let's see. Me, Pastor Dwayne and me. Good job, you got them the same. Okay, who has the worst handwriting? Oh. All right, here we go. Man, <laughs> they both agreed. Miss <laughs> Sue has the worst handwriting. <laughs> I think Pastor Dwayne has the best I handwriting because letter. he's left-handed. Left-handers! Yes, right. He does. I just wanted to give a shout out to left-handers. That's all that was about. Okay. Um, what is Sue's favorite pizza topping? Ooh. Oh, if she doesn't know, that's a problem. <laughs> because I like some. Oh. Oh.
1: She might not know this, but it is.
0: (laughs) All right. Let's see those.
1: Olives.
0: (gasps) You got them correct. Both of you chose olives. good (laughs) girl. Good girl. I love it. Okay, let's do two more. Um, Let me pick two of the the best ones here. What was the best present that Pastor Dwayne ever gave Sue?
2: You've done so good.
1: I have. (laughs) I've done so good. I can't pick one. I just can't pick one.
2: I can't either.
1: (laughs) I could have answered it if you'll ask the other way.
0: All right. We're about to ask the other way. You ready for this? No,
1: that's okay. Okay. I can't answer. I don't know. I don't either. So we're in agreement again.
0: Yeah. You should have just said, my children. (laughs) Oh. I just want to say that all of the sheriff's children, you were not thought of in that
1: moment. <laughs> no,
0: no, but that's I
2: love not you true.
0: all. <laughs> okay, we'll do okay, one more. So
2: wait a minute here. You said
1: present, so said, yeah. You, you yeah, they they said were, gift.
2: Present. They were, yeah, they were gifts. But I worked hard for those gifts. <laughs> that's very true. You did work very hard for those. <laughs>
1: I didn't work very hard. <laughs> we are all in agreement on that. Okay.
0: What is Pastor Dwayne's favorite TV show?
1: Oh. oh, TV show? Not like movie, but TV show. Yeah, let's TV say movie. Favorite?
0: No, 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 no. No, TV, TV show. TV. Never mind. TV show is what I said. We'll stick oh, with
1: it. Oh, man. Um,
0: oh, you ought to get this.
1: Like now? Or your
0: favorite TV show yes, of all time. time. Oh, of all this time. This is your favorite TV show.
1: <sighs> I don't have a favorite TV show. <laughs> I, I can't think of a favorite TV show. Movie? Uh, TV show. Yeah, you're all right. right. Okay, uh, so
2: put your movie down, too. Well, no, no. No, because I got your I know your movie, too.
1: But I don't I don't see. She knows what I like when I don't know what I like. (laughs) TV show like
0: (laughs) TV show. Yes, like Like a show show on television, a show on TV. Yes. At any point in time.
1: I, I just don't have... I don't think I have one. Okay, let's see what we got. Let's see what she says it was.
0: Gunsmoke. Oh. Gunsmoke. <laughs> and then True, true Grit. grit. True, <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> true Grit was the movie. Awesome. <laughs> so, thank you for indulging us with this silly game together. There's no clear winner because I did not keep track and did not plan to. So... Um, <laughs> <We won. laughs> They're better together, so we'll say they both <laughs> won, right? Um, but thank you so much for allowing us just this evening together with each one of you um, and just hearing it your hearts awesome. around this. Um, Pastor Dwayne, would you mind closing us out in prayer? And then I'm going to go over a few more things with everyone that's here and online.
1: Father, we just agree together that your heart is for our homes. It's for our marriages, for our communities. Yes. When we have good marriages, good homes, we have good communities, good churches and a good nation. And so thank you, father, for working in our homes, in our relationships. Thank you for the people that are here in person. Thank you for the just the thousands of people that are watching this and that will see it even in a few days. And I just pray they be encouraged in their heart and that they, they trust you and seek you and build a happy marriage. Lord, we don't wanna just stay together we want to be happily married. Yes. And so thank you that you've made a way for us to enjoy each other and to be prosperous in this life. Those that are hurting in relationships, hurting in their marriages, we pray for healing, restoration. We pray that as, as they begin to receive these materials, that healing and restoration would take place. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. amen.
0: amen.